Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the feature staff at the Columbus Dispatch, this is Life in the 614. Hi, and welcome to Life in the 614, the official lifestyle podcast of the Features Department at the Columbus Dispatch. Coming to you every Thursday, if it sounds like fun, we'll be talking about it. I'm Ryan Smith, Features Editor at the Dispatch, and today we'll be speaking with a sort of secret Santa. His name is Joe Leonetti, and for the past five years, he and his family have put up a mailbox in Uptown Westerville for kids to drop off letters to old St. Nick. He and a group of friends then get together and reply to as many as they can, usually a couple hundred. My colleague, Features Reporter Ken Gordon, had the pleasure of speaking with Joe recently. Take it away, Ken. Well, good afternoon. We are here with Joe Leonetti, a resident of Westerville, and he's about five years ago, I guess you said, Joe, started kind of a neat little community-involved tradition, Christmas-related, where you set up a mailbox where kids can put their letters to Santa, and then you collect them, and it's just, uh, it's grown, it sounds like. So this is just a really neat um, kind of grassroots community project, and we wanted to have you in to just uh, talk to you a little bit about that. So welcome. Well, happy to be here. So tell me how this started. I, saw, I kind of jumped the gun there and said five years ago, but you're living in Westerville, you have several kids, and <laughs> how does this come about? How do you get to where you are now? Well, yeah, I live in Westerville, originally a Cleveland kid, but been here since I went to Ohio State, here with my wife, Julie, and four kids. Got Sophia, Rocco, Bella, and Luca. And, you know, about uh, five years ago, this is our fifth year for the Santa Mailbox, where we have it at Uptown Westerville. And just, you know, something we wanted to do, it started, you know, if we look back when I was in Cleveland, grew up in Sugar and Falls area, a very quaint little town, a Norman Rockwell type of painting. And in the middle of Chagrin during winter, during Christmas, they would have this big red mailbox with a spotlight on it, and it's uh, right in the middle of town, and you know it just kind of touches your heart when you're in, you know, when you're going through the holidays and stuff. So I always wanted to, you know, pick up on that when we were here in Westerville. When you get to downtown Westerville, I mean, it's it's a nice little town. It's got that hometown feel to it, and it was just missing that that mailbox to me. And um, so one day, I took it upon myself to go to the postmaster over there in Westerville, and I started looking online as well, and just trying to find a mailbox and. You know, you, you can't find a mailbox. You can't buy a mailbox. So that's where I ended up with the postmaster. Not the right mailbox. Not You're looking the, for a specific type, right? Oh, yeah. I wanted, ideally, I wanted the big one. But, you know, I was going to settle for anything official. And I think it's probably illegal to buy a mailbox online, <laughs> which is why I never found one. But, you know, I thought, let's just go to the, to the post office. I, I talked to the postmaster there, told her I wanted to get a mailbox, an old one, maybe one they're not using, clean it up, make it look like Christmas, put it downtown, and then just start collecting Santa letters from the kids. And by chance, she's like, you know what? We got this one sitting right here. It was right in their lobby. It was easily 100 years old. It was all beat up. And it was one of the the smaller mailboxes that you'd put on a post. And I think it was in one of the uh, plazas in downtown Westerville a long time ago. And so she gave it up and, you know, went home and gave it my best effort to clean it up. And there must have been 
30 coats of paint on this thing. There's uh, every color out there from army green to orange. You know, I'd, I'd actually love to figure out why it was painted so many different colors. But, you know, after some effort and, and figuring out I couldn't get it done, I brought it to a professional to actually uh, soda clean it, which they got it clean as a whistle. Then we brought it to our buddy over at the Italian body shop, IBS Collision, and Rocco over there, he says, I got this. And he made it look like Christmas. So it's, it's Christmas red with some white lettering. Couldn't look better. And then with the help of my friend, Will Beresford, we got it in downtown Westerville. So how did it go over that first year? Did you get a lot of kids putting it or did you get, no one knows it's you, so they're not contacting you about it, right? So No, no. I mean, you know, I, I've been in Cub Scouts now for 10 years. I've been the Cub Master of Pack 384 at Walnut Creek Elementary. And, you know, we always want to do right by your community and, you know, do what you can to just make things special for the kids and, and make sure they have a good time. So when we did it, it started as a project where, you know, I got it set up. And then uh, maybe one or two people helped, you know, answer the letters, you know, when they started coming in. And it quickly, you know, became popular. We started to get a lot of letters. I, I think the first year we probably got, you know, we definitely got over 100 letters. And then I think uh, the postmaster caught on. And uh, any other letter that they received that was addressed to the North Pole found its way to my mailbox. And uh, I think last year we, we probably had three or 400 letters come in. And we were able to respond to probably close to 200 of them that we could get addresses on or had addresses on. Wow. So you are like, you are the North Pole of Westerville, basically, right? <laughs> we're, we're, we're on the right side of town. Yeah, north side of north, town, of, so. north of, yeah. So, you know, I can probably imagine what I would write as a six or eight-year-old to Santa, but what are some of the letters? Like, what, what are the range of, of what you see? You know, we, we see all kinds. Some just have pictures, you know, that they cut out of a, of a magazine. Here's what I want, you know, because maybe they, they don't know how to write yet. Some letters are, are written by their parents, you know, because you got a two or three year old that can tell them what they want and tell them what they're thinking. You know, we get a lot of elementary school letters. So, you know, sometimes it's, it's a challenge to read it. But if you take your time and you think like a kid, you can figure it out. And then, um, you know, some of my favorite ones are from the high school students that, you know, are probably just walking through town and, and going to get some ice cream. And hey, there's a Santa mailbox. I think I'll, I think I'll hit the big guy up. So they're not serious. Uh, you know, I mean, are they? they, there's some funny ones, Okay, you know, some very well-written ones, but you know, I think partially serious, but maybe just hoping for a little luck maybe down the road. It's kind of like when teenagers trick or treat, right? It's like, <laughs> let's see if I can get away with this. You think there's, well, I want to get to that because you said think like a kid. When you answer them, what do you, it's not just you, correct? It's a team of people now that are helping yeah. you, but what do you say? When we started out, it was my wife and I, and, and maybe a couple of friends. Now, you know, we make it a we make it a party. You know, we have, you know, eight or nine people, 10 people over at the house. You know, my wife, Julie, does a great job of making sure we're well fed. And we've, you know, got some beverages there to, to make the evening go smoothly. And it's just fun to, to hang out around the table and, and read the letters to each other. And just seeing how each individual that we have their response, you know, so sometimes you're playing the role of Santa. A lot of the times you, you feel like you're playing Santa, you know, I hope you've been good this year. And, <laughs> you know, I hope you like what we brought you, you know, stuff like that. Wow. Can you think of any just really crazy requests you've gotten or anything that just really stands out or made you laugh or, you know, I don't know if the teenagers had something that you, uh, <laughs> that struck you. I don't know. I just wondered. Well, you know, some of, you know, there's some heartfelt letters there, you know, and, and it's fun to, to see the dilemma that kids have, you know, so some of the little kids will write letters saying, you know, some of the things I really want for Christmas is a baby brother or baby sister or a dog. And <laughs> human or or animal doesn't matter. Doesn't yes. matter. Yeah. And you know yeah. those are cute ones. Sure. And um, you know Santa can do his best there. But you know I'm hoping the moms and dads are reading some of these letters before they get in because you know I've, I've always said it's a privilege to read these letters. You'll never hear anything more raw or genuine or, or pure than when you have a, a five or six year old kid you know, write a letter to Santa. And I hope that a lot of the parents 
take a peek at the letter before they put it in the envelope just to kind of see what's on their kid's mind because that's that's the moment those kids are are really stepping out, I think. It's been kind of neat. You mentioned your wife, Julie, helping with this, but your kids too, correct? I think your youngest, you told me, was maybe this year will be his first, but but your family has all helped out with this. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they're on to it. You know, they, they see the Santa mailbox in my basement all year when it's when it's not up in December. But, you know, this year, my, my little elf was my 13-year-old daughter. Bella, you know, she came out with me uh, the day before Thanksgiving and helped me set up the Santa mailbox. You know, we've, we've got a routine. We take the box out of the basement. We got to go to the post office and have lock it, you know, because the last time we took it down, we had to have them open it to make sure there's no more letters. But we go there around Thanksgiving, set it up, you know, take a picture and hope for the best. But the kids have been great. You know, my oldest daughter, Sophia, she's going to be going to college next year. You know, she's embraced it the last few years. You know, she's got a a creative mind and soul and, and she likes doing good things and she gets into it and she probably responds the best to all of these letters because she does take her time and, and she is she's going to have a well thought out response to these kids and, and I guarantee they think Santa's writing back to them which is awesome um, and I know you know my son Rocco he participates as much as you know he can you know Bella she's going to be participating this year in the letter writing I just got one more kid Luca who's 11 and you know I don't I don't think he's going to participate in the, the letter writing because we're still trying to keep that magic alive with him and you know and I tell all the kids you know even even the older ones I said you know I think deep down, you got to think there's just a chance that there's a Santa out there. You, know, you keep, <laughs> keep that dream alive, you know? What does having a box add to your community? What do you think it does to have that? I mean, it obviously made such an impression on you years ago when you're growing up. I mean, just having the ability to have that box and that, that letter to Santa that they can mail, what, what do you think that adds to Christmas and, and your community? Well, it you know, adds a little bit more hope for some. And, you know, that's not a bad thing. That's that one opportunity for a kid to lay it all out on the line, put it in a letter, send it to Santa, and you know, see if see if things come true. You know, so I, I think that's a special thing, and and I think it's always important to keep that magic alive. You know, I, I think every kid needs to have that spot in their heart where they think, yeah, there's a Santa out there, and and even if I'm 30, I, I still want to believe there's someone out there looking after me, and 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 you know, if this is my chance to drop a letter in a mailbox and maybe it gets to him, then that's pretty cool. You've mentioned that earlier that there's a chance that there's a Santa. I mean, you, you're answering these, your friends are helping you answer these. What was Santa's part in this be? You know what I mean? How do you feel the presence of a Santa when you're doing this? Well, you know, there's a sense of responsibility, obviously. You'd like to think too, if, if the parents are looking at the letter before it goes in the envelope, and then they're looking at the letter that they just got back, that, you know, you're going to support what they're doing in the house. So, you know, make sure you, you stay on the good list. You don't get on the naughty list. You know, take care of your brother, take care of your sister. You know, one of the messages I always, I always tell my Cub Scouts and any of the boys on my baseball team that I coach, I got three rules. I said, first and foremost, you got to be a gentleman. Second, treat the women in your life like princesses. That's, that's your mom, that's your sister, that's your teacher. Treat them like princesses. And the reason why, it's just because. It's not going to hurt you. And then the, the third thing is look out for your friends, stick up for yourself, and stick up for the people that don't stick up for themselves or, the, or they can't. And, you know, those are three rules that that I, I want these little guys and, and, and young ladies to, to think about. And I don't think you could go wrong if you do that. Where do you see this going, Joe? I mean, maybe you don't know, but how long do you plan to do this? Or I don't know if it could grow in any way, but, but what do you see kind of down the road? I own it. I, 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 <laughs> I don't want to give it up. You know, and this is, like I said, this is my 10th year and Cub Scouts had two boys go through it and I'm done after this year. And I, I, I started it as a project where the, the Cub Scout families could, you know, 
provide that level of service to their community and be part of something, and they still can, but I'm going to keep this tradition with me and my family, and I've, I've told my kids, you know, if something happens to me tomorrow, someone better keep this box in their basement and do this every year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there are cities who do it as a community thing, and Westerville obviously wasn't one of them, but um, if they came to you and said, okay, we're going to do this from now on, you might what start your own i don't know it sounds like it's so near and dear to your heart you know i'd want to be part of it yeah you know i'd want to be part of it i'd I'd love to see it get bigger i'd love to instead of having you know eight to ten people at my house during christmas i'd love to have 30 or i'd like to be uh you know go get a room at otterbein and and get some college students to help out you know i'd I'd love to see it grow there's nothing bad that could happen if it grows so it's not just a benefit for the kids who are getting these letters back but it's a benefit for you and all of those who are answering too. You know, I mean, it's a huge feel good. You know, I'm one of those guys that likes to smile, likes to laugh. You know, more importantly, I want to help other people smile. I want to make other people laugh. And, um, you know, there's enough going on out there. When you watch the, the news or just going through life as it is, it can stress you out. This is one of those moments where you could just sit down, read a genuine heartfelt letter from a kid. Maybe it makes you, makes you laugh. Maybe it tugs at your heartstrings, but it makes you feel good. And if you could have that moment when you, all that other stuff that bothers you, disappears and you could just focus on this. I mean, what's so bad about that? I wanted to back up because I, I wanted to specify a little bit about what you do when you answer these. You told me you sort of have a kind of a standard printed response, but you always make sure there's handwritten. Oh yeah. Right. We, we okay. customize it. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you do something like this and you know, hopefully it's going to catch on and it's going to get bigger. And you know, I don't want to have time be the enemy. So we, we create a letter every year. Usually my daughter, Sophia helps me out. We, we have a nice, well-crafted, you know, succinct letter from Santa to the kids, uh, but we leave room to put a PS there. You know, so if, if a letter said, you know, some of my favorite letters are when, you know, I know I haven't been great this year. However, I still think I deserve this, this, and this. You know, we could put that little response in there. You know what? I have been noticing you've been doing better. Keep on that road. You know, keep trying. And, you know, and I know my friends enjoy doing that stuff too. And, you know, you could see folks that don't get so heartfelt all the time start to dig into these letters. And, and some of my older friends, uh, I see them get their readers out and now they're digging in. And it's just not an opportunity to get together as friends, but it's an opportunity to, to make yourself feel good and, and help a kid feel special and, you know, keep that magic alive with them. All right. Joe, thanks for coming in. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks. Merry Christmas. And thank you all for listening to Life in the 614. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play Music. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, keep enjoying your own life in the 614. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.